0: You're listening to the home of cool, irreverent, and entertaining talk right here on LA Talk Radio. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on LA Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to The Art of Love. My name is Lucia. I'm your host and a dating and relationship expert. And I'm here to entertain, educate, and enlighten you about love, dating, and relationships. Take your live calls, answer your emails, and speak to authors of books, which I find fascinating. And the book we will be discussing today is the book that I find the most fascinating on this topic. I think it's the best self-help book ever written on love, dating, and relationships, and when I say I'm excited to speak to the author of this book, it's an understatement. Uh, In fact, I feel like um, I've been preparing my whole life for this interview, because I discovered this book in my early 20s, and uh, as I already told the author, I actually uh, had to steal the book from the library, because Amazon.com was not around at that time, and uh, it was not available at the bookstore. So I had no choice but to steal it. But uh, I have since made amends and donated many books to the library since. So I'm sure you're wondering which book I'm talking about. The name of the book is Love Tactics, How to Win the One You Want. So before He's Just Not That Into You and before the rules, there was Love Tactics. And I believe it's the Bible for anyone interested in love, dating and relationships. So Tom, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. Wow, what a what an introduction, Lucia.
2: Well, that was so nice.
1: <laughs> well I had to give the book the proper introduction. It's affected my life so much. You know, I've uh oh highlighted the book and I mean it it really is my Bible I even like made a recording of everything I highlighted on a cassette back in the day and I would uh, play the cassette over and over trying to program my mind to remember everything because I knew these principles were so important but it's not easy to implement them at first when you first read about them
0: bless your heart that's that's exactly how I tell people uh, when I when I teach anything I say you know the way you do it is you go through the book you first you underline and outline and highlight everything that's new to you that you you just intuitively know is true then i tell him go back and take that and put and write everything you've underlined and highlighted in your own little personal book, notebook you 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 you're skimming the cream from the uh, from the top and then and then you take that and put it in a little notebook and then you memorize it and it becomes part of you but it, but it's a process and as you do it it becomes more automatic so you you do that by uh, by instinct i guess
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I was determined to get this right. So just to give a little bio on uh, Tom McKnight is a uh, humans relations expert and lecturer who writes and speaks on the subject of romantic love. Uh, He's a graduate of Brigham Young University. He was a social worker uh, up until six years ago and uh, was a columnist for the National Singles Registry, and he's now married with five children. So how did you and your co-author come to write this best-selling book?
0: Well, uh initially I you know I was older when I got married Lucia, mm-hmm. So for all those out there who are uh still uh wondering if uh, life is out there, you know, it it is and uh, you just can't give up hope. Uh but because because I was older, I noticed uh by the time I was 28 that uh, I had a lot of experience in dating mm-hmm. and and I had learned a lot of things and my uh, skills had at least to me they had seemed to improve i was getting better results i hadn't found the one that i wanted yet but i still uh, uh, knew that uh, i had learned something and so i thought let's let's uh crystallize those principles that i've learned and we uh, put them down into a book later i was uh, introduced to bob phillips who's the co-author of of love tactics, but the initial uh, writing of it was the the principles that I had learned really by experience and by learning. I was also a social worker that uh, that had helped quite a, a bit. And learning uh, that human beings have certain uh, ways that they react in in common with one another. There's certain there's certain behaviors in all of us that are hardwired in, mm-hmm. and that helped me to put things in perspective. Uh, in my own personal life, in, in the singles world, and so that was kind of the genesis of uh, love tactics.
1: And how many languages has this book been uh, reinterpreted into?
0: Well, we we just received uh, the the 14th language. Uh, it just was uh, translated wow. into South Cor- um I say South Korean, <laughs> Korean, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, whether South or North, it's all the same. Right, I guess. right. Except for the government. Uh-huh. But uh yeah, the, it's uh it's uh it's wow. in, in all the Asian languages, the romance languages, it's uh Indonesian, uh, it's it's all over the globe and, and we've uh, we've been very gratified with the res- uh, reception it's received and it's still receiving.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Here we are still talking about it and it should be on everybody's bookshelf. So, let's dig into the book. Um now you talk about the House of Love. So, what is that? well we
0: talk about you know that you need
1: uh, understanding love i remember
0: uh, it seems like somebody i was working with uh, when i in, in early in my career uh, i worked with a lot of women as a social worker a, a male social worker is not as common as women so i i got to listen to a lot of them talk and they would opine about their love lives and about their young married lives and so forth and and one of them just one day said uh, she she was making all of these observations and then she just stopped and she said, "I wonder why, why do people love each other? What what is it that makes them love each other?" And and I thought I I've been crystallizing those principles in my mind about that time and I wanted to raise my hand. And say I know I know <laughs> I know. Well, there's there's certain common uh, factors and the foundation of of love. Whether a person knows it or not, we we usually think of if if you think of love as like an iceberg, the tip of the iceberg is the romance, the passion, the excitement that we all think about. But there is so much more involved. The foundation is friendship. It at, at its heart, it's, it's what it is is being able to have someone that you trust, who trusts you, that you um uh, you feel safe with, who isn't going to be hurting you, who you know you can turn to for comfort. And uh, those those things are at the very core of any uh, loving relationship. If you don't have that, your, your, your iceberg is going to your little uh, block of ice is going to melt pretty quick. And that happens to a lot of people. They have a little passion, but they don't have the friendship to sustain it. So the foundation uh, of the house you were referring to is friendship, and then the, the structure uh, that the the walls you might say is respect. Mm-hmm. And the the crowning effect of a loving relationship is passion. When you um, appreciate what it is that you have, when, when when we think of passion, usually you know people usually equate it with sexual things. But mm-hmm. but passion is really uh, much much more than that. It's it's a it's a mental thing. It's an emotional thing. It's a psychological thing. It's a uh, uh, sense of wanting and appreciating what you have so much that, that, that it's, there's just an excitement about it. And when you take somebody for granted, you don't have passion for them. Or if they take you for granted, they don't have passion for you. And, and in a marriage, when uh, two people start to take each other for granted, the passion kind of wears. And in a lot of marriages, the passion is kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, oh. it's, it's uh, blunted. It's blunted over the years. It may not be completely gone, but uh, it can still be there as long as there's still that element of uh, not being able to take um, each other for granted. And what, that's one of the principles of Love Tactics we teach. We, we can talk about that later, but it's uh, primarily that uh, you, you don't ever put yourself in a position or allow the other person to feel that they can walk over you or take you for granted. That's right. um, it's related to respect, but if, if they do feel that way, then they can't have that passion for you and, and they won't feel complete in the overall experience of love in a love relationship with you
1: yes they won't have the complete love house so okay so let's dig into some of the behavior principles before we talk about the actual tactics and it's great because you've got all these tactics numbered and it's such an easy book to read there's over 45 tactics so okay so behavior principle number one people subconsciously grow dependent upon those who satisfy their emotional needs so what what do you mean by that
0: okay well people don't consciously know a lot of times why they fall in love with somebody, but I can't tell you, Lucia, how many times this has happened to me. I've had friends who through the years have said, Oh, I could, I can never go for that person or I could never love that person. uh one, one guy that comes to mind, he was dating a girl pretty regularly. And I, so I said, well, how's it going? You know, is this going to go somewhere. He said, no, not really. He, he didn't really believe that he was going to be able to, to uh, be happy with her, uh-huh. and then one day they up and get married, and 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 that, and that was uh, over. Well, let's see, it was approximately 30 years ago. Um, uh, through the miracle of Facebook,
2: uh-huh.
0: I just re- recently uh, came in contact with them again. They're happily married. They're uh, starting their grandkids now,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so what had happened was um, my friends. Uh, particularly the guy, didn't realize that he had a subconscious bonding mm-hmm. that was occurring towards this girl. Mm-hmm. And and so on the conscious level, he didn't realize that he was falling in love with her, but he was becoming more and more bonded. And I, in their particular case, I don't know what the particular um, uh, crisis event was, but usually what happens is you, you create the bonding,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then there's this threat to losing the person, right. and, and it brings out, it pulls the heartstrings, and all of a sudden you realize, oh, I'm hooked. I didn't <laughs> know I was hooked before, but I'm hooked. And it's, it's a scary and an exciting thing, at the, both at the same time. It's scary because you realize, I have really finally got my foot stuck in the door, and I, I can't get out. But on the other hand, it's like, this is what I've actually been looking for. All this time. So, on the, on the unconscious level, we build bonds of uh, again friendship, and uh, there has to be this uh, respect uh, involved. Respect is um, just basically knowing that you can't cross the other person. That yeah, they're not a uh, doormat. If you
1: feel, if, go ahead. That, that the other person well, isn't a doormat.
0: Right. If if. If you're in a relationship with somebody, you know, and you, you just love them to death, they're just the sweetest, most wonderful, good person, but you also know that you could do almost anything. Mm. You, 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 could, you could be unfaithful to them, and they still will allow that and, and just still be there for you. It, it, it just it destroys the, the satisfaction that you can have with the, the, re, the whole relationship. Um, you need to have that sense of, if I ever cross this person, I would lose them mm-hmm. and when you have that feeling, then you're able to have the complete um, more more a complete experience of of feeling in love towards that person Okay, so there, let me... there, go ahead there's well let me say there's a difference between being in love when you're so excited and and uh, head over heels with somebody and and um, loving that person in a way that um, you're not conscious of that excitement you know like if most most people. Well, maybe maybe not, but many people will grow up in a in a family situation where they don't realize how much they love their brothers and their sisters, their um, their parents, uh, the ones that they're being raised with, until one day something happens to somebody, right. and then they gr- they grieve so 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 terribly. Right. And um, what we teach in love tactics is that you you develop on positive principles, relationships with the people around you, the, uh, the women you date, the men you date. And as you do so, that, that same kind of bonding occurs that occurs in families. And then you allow the situation to eventually present itself where, um, you know, they might be threatening to say, say, leave you. And uh, they might be expecting that you're going to break down and, and uh, fall all apart. Uh-huh. And But if you're strong and show that, no. You know you're going to be fine and right. you can live without them. Then all of a sudden it turns the tables. Yes. Emotionally, one one minute they thought they could leave you, and now they realize they can't leave you because they they um, they have a a new perception of you as a strong person that they respect is is going to be uh,
1: fine without them. With right. Okay. Good. Let's move on because we got a lot of questions here uh, right. to answer. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then one more. Uh, Principle you have you said people want what they can't have and you have what I call the love equation which I always use and it's hope plus doubt equals passion so why do you have to have right. that, why do you have to have that hope and doubt
0: well you got to have a okay so okay assuming we're trying to um, put this recipe together in the part of let's say a guy that you've got your eye on mm-hmm. you know he's got to have just enough hope that he's not gonna Okay, he he can't be so shut down that he feels like any time he approaches you, he's he doesn't have a chance because then he just gives up right. and he he moves on. But he's if he if he knows he can have you too, and this is uh, both men and women make this mistake sometimes. They like somebody and so they make it immediately obvious to the other person that I'm yours for the asking. <laughs> you know, uh, let's say two people have started dating, and one of them. Uh, is crazy, head over heels with the other. And so, let's say it's a girl in this case. So she stops dating any other guys. Mm. When she stops dating any other guys, um, especially if she lets the guy she's dating know that, what does that tell the guy? It tells him, I got her. I've got her. And, uh, well, now what do I do with her? Well, let's see. I don't want to commit myself at this point because I've got all of the... Everything you know, I, I have everything going my way, but I, you know, to commit myself too soon is uh, crazy. So he'll he'll basically take her as a trophy, polish her up a little bit, put her up on his shelf, and he'll he'll date her, but he'll start looking for another conquest or another challenge. Mm. And and that um, that isn't what she wanted at all. So basically, she's got to keep the um,
1: a little bit of the challenge going there. Right. Okay, so let's move on to some of the tactics. I'm going to start with number 10, which you say, take your time and go slowly. And you said it's common to feel two conflicting desires at the same time. So why is that?
0: Uh, let's see. I, I refresh my memory a little bit about the sure, two you conflicting said, desires. You
1: said on the one hand, we desire to be free and uncommitted. Oh, right. Well, right. on the other hand, we yearn to belong to someone. So how can we
0: work with oh, those Oh, okay. Two? Well, okay. It's... <laughs> you you okay, the person you're you're trying to win is going to, by by nature uh the minute they sense that they're being uh cornered, they're going to become like a wild animal and they're going to be looking to, to get away get away yeah, um we uh, for, uh, not not too long ago we had a mouse get in our house, and uh I saw it go in one of the rooms, and so I immediately blocked off that room. Uh, so that it wouldn't get into the rest of the house, so we could trap it somehow, uh-huh. and and, uh, and then we got it into the bathroom, and then uh, and so we're, we're getting in, the, in progressively smaller space. He was hiding under uh- some, something we had in there, but we didn't want to lift that up until we had the the room all blocked out because the second we did, he was going to dart, and so we blocked off all the exits, and then and then lifted up the box that he was behind. And bingo, boy, he, you should have seen him. He was crazy, uh-huh. crazy with uh, desperation trying to get <laughs> out of that room. Well, we human beings are the same way when we feel ourselves getting cornered into a relationship. So you don't want to come on too strong with a person. You, basically, you're winning the game. when Each time that you go on a date with this person and have a positive interaction with them, it, it, it's like another thread. Around the two of you, to bind the two of you together, but if you if you scare the person off too soon and make them think that uh, you've set your cap for them and that you're planning you know you have no other plans in your mind except to marry them, even though they might have been very happy to have married you at some point, you, the bonds aren 't strong enough yet, so you 've got to play for a little more time you 've got to keep the relationship a little casual much longer than is the uh, conventional wisdom on mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that. People, you know, they people are hopping into way, way intimate relationships way too soon and th- thinking that that's going to uh, uh, hook the other person. And it's what it does actually is, is it sabotages it. I can't tell you how many yeah. uh, letters and consultations I've had on that, but uh you want to play for time allow allow time to go by where before you commit yourself to the other person um usually you've heard before the person who uh, commits yep. least is in the most control right? right yeah and and so you want to stay in control especially if you want to make this relationship last and so you've got to play for time right Go make slow it last. as
1: possible okay so then you say in number 13 and I always quote you on this too, show you care, but don't say it. And you say, people have oh. a subconscious need to stay free and unemotionally committed. They will go to great lengths to avoid circumstances which limit that freedom.
0: Right. So if, you, if you're if you telling the other person you are in love with them or letting them know that, those kind of things, then that's they feel trapped and they're going to be desperately looking for a way to get out and and they'll find one if there's any way possible. And there usually is. So you, you want to make sure that, uh, you, so as long by as you showing, as long by as... showing that you care, mm-hmm. it gives them hope that, you know, I, I may be able to hook, hook y- y- you, for example. Now you really, let's say you really wanted me, but, uh, you, if you show it too quickly, then I'm going to um, escape. So you show you care, so I have hope that you might be available, mm-hmm. but you don't commit yourself on it. And so that leaves me in just a little bit of a doubt. And uh, the mystique is so important in, in sustaining the, um, the passion, the excitement, while we're stretching out the time and allowing this relationship to, to season and to cure in a more um, um,
1: lasting way. Right, we're laying a foundation that's gonna hold that up, up the relationship longer than just something right. quick.
0: Right. Initially, you know, I mean, it's, it is the, the excitement, the infatuation, the passion that that keeps uh, a couple dating one another, and you don't want to kill that too quickly. And you, you time you let the person uh, know too, too well that they've, uh, they've got you, you're just throwing water on their passion. Their, their, their fires of passion, and and it's exactly opposite of what you want to do you want their passion to stay stay burning for a long long time
1: yes yeah, so that's why is that why you say then why that love is like an addiction
0: um well uh, yeah you, 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 do, do you remember the context i used no, that in can but, you I give mean, me a little more to but work basically on that?
1: it's like when when you take away the source of someone's uh, oh okay addiction yeah. they go crazy
0: <laughs> yeah yeah right in, in other words okay um uh when uh Okay, this is a terrible analogy. I apologize okay. for it. But, but uh, you know, if, if a, a guy's trying to, a drug pusher is trying to get somebody hooked, he doesn't come in and tell you all of the downside of what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll come in and he'll he'll say, hey, you know, here's no cost. You know, just try a little bit of this. This this won't, you know, uh, it's a freebie. It's on me. And uh, and it'll make you feel good. And you get nothing but but the uh, the good effects of it. And then when you're hooked, and, and you don't know, you don't realize that that you really need this, um, then they then they're in a position to start extracting a price from you for mm. that. Well, the price of love is a commitment, and you know, we get we commit our whole lives. We we get married. We you know we say I'll oh, I'll be with you. I'll be exclusive to you my whole life long, and you know to expect somebody to come just come in for that without first uh, basically feeling that um uh they they are in love with you um you you yeah love is like an addiction in that if you um if you don't allow them to become good and hooked on you uh, before you start showing indications of having expectations of a commitment back from them uh you you'll lose them they'll they'll be more prone to stay with you if they're able to... Uh, if they're hooked.
1: Then, yeah. they'll, then they'll do anything.
0: <laughs> right. But, but again, this is a positive hook versus right. you know, something yeah. we're talking about very negative out there.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's not like a, fish, uh, a hook on a fish.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: Okay, so number 26, you say act indifferent to their opinion of you. And why is that?
0: Well, it's, it's just that you want to show independence. Uh, part of the commanding respect, okay, the three pillars of... Of love are um, developing their their friendship commanding their respect and in um, in inciting their passion their excitement for you because they're uncertain about you um, you've got to have them feel about you that if they are not um, uh, you they don't if they're not behaving properly they could lose you mm-hmm. and
1: but also, you want to be like aloof, like you don't really care what their feelings are towards
0: you. Yeah, but well, well, let me give you an example. So there was a girl that I was seeing. I was on the verge of dating her. I didn't date her, but we were flirting up a storm. And one, uh, and and I liked her independence of mind. She that, that was really what intrigued me. We had a lot of interesting discussions and uh, debates about different things. She didn't seem like she cared what I thought, and that was so. It's so enticing to me, and it is it is to most of us, uh, but but she started getting a little bit. Uh, and she liked me. I, 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 that's clear. That's what was happening. Uh-huh. And um, and so one night we uh, were talking about something, and she threw out an opinion on some subject that was contrary to my my opinion on it, and it became obvious that that was the case. And she just stopped and put her hand over her mouth. She said, "Oh, I shouldn't have said that." And the second she did that, I knew she cared what my opinion of her was. And the minute that that happened, she lost some of her, her uh, mystique. Here, she, here, here she, was a, she was a challenge before, and I was on the verge of beginning to date her. And at that point, it was like, oh, wait a minute, I already got her. The conquest is over. Men especially are driven by uh, the, the challenge of a conquest to, to win somebody's heart. And um, once they know they've got that heart... In their palm of their hand, then they're they're less prone to work for it anymore. That's why guys will so often take a girl for granted the minute she finally becomes their girlfriend. And they've got to they've got to keep in mind that you know what I got to make this guy work hard for me. And I, as much as it's you know in our nature we want to just surrender ourselves totally to nice. this person because mm-hmm. we we think so highly of them. The, the second we do that, they will not think so highly of us anymore. We've got to, we've got to. Uh, Play the game. It's. I. It's. it's uh, sorry to say that because yeah. so many people say, why do we have to play the right. game? Why can't, just, that. why can't we just? Why can't we just tell them how we feel? Uh-huh. And I can't. I can't tell you how many times I've listened to people give this advice yes. on the, on 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 movies and television shows and things, and they say, just go tell them how you feel. And uh. I'm thinking. You know, <laughs> Stop. even if the even if the person is nice enough to to uh, act like, oh, that means so much to me, in their heart they're going, oh, gag. Now, okay, right. well, I'll I'll just put my they're going to put they're going to start putting in a little distance at that point. So you've got to uh, be aloof enough that they um, they feel they have to work for you to to win your your um, you liking them in that way.
1: And so then you do this. Until they fall in love with you, and then you can reveal your feelings. Is that right?
0: Yeah, but you know, you know what, Lucia? This is the thing. I mean, it's it's a degreed type of thing. It's not an all or nothing thing. Uh-huh. The, the the more you become in, get in a relationship with somebody, you know, then you ha- you um you you can show more uh, vulnerability, uh, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But but you know, even okay. Now I wrote Love Tactics when I was uh, 28. And I'm 56 now,
2: mm-hmm. so
0: it's half a lifetime uh-huh. uh-huh. I've had to observe this, and I've uh, been married uh, 17 of those years now. So <clears throat> I can tell you, and and this is this isn't just my marriage, but even in a marriage, you you need to t- retain some degree of independence mm-hmm. because if if you ever roll over and just let the other person totally run and dictate you know, your your life. They won't have respect for you that's necessary to keep romance and, and love alive, even in the marriage um I know, but yes back to what you're saying you um you can become less aloof as you get closer to engagement and then when you're engaged and when and when you're married, but there should always be to some degree mm-hmm. of retaining your own independent values and opinions. But you don't care what the the other person thinks. This is where where you're, you know, I mean, you are entitled to your opinions on the universe. You are a unique person, um, and you should never surrender that.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Moving on to tactic number 27, don't fish for feedback. Why not?
0: Oh, well, it's a dead giveaway that uh, you care. And uh, so... You know when you when you start fishing for compliments or hints that that you know then the other person knows ah they care what I think and and I I've never met anybody who de- couldn't tell when that was happening um, just uh, from your experience Lucia I mm-hmm. mean you have, I've, you've dated quite a bit yes. I mean you've had <laughs> you know as uh, the shoe been on the other foot where you've ever experienced that with a guy who who got hooked and you were he was trying to uh, Maybe get you to commit yourself in some way to him, and that uh, yes. you experienced what I'm talking about. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. And I think most of the listening audience has had that happen at one time or not. And so it, the the basic is just you know um, you have to act like you don't really care what they think. Um, you now I never say be um, cruel or or or. And not that I haven't been cool in my life, I I apologize to tell have. you that I I have, <laughs> but I but I I don't believe in that. I I think that we should try to be considerate and be. I I believe in being a nice guy, but you know the ex the, the expression yes. nice guys finish last. Right. Or or well here here's the better one. Nice uh, nice guys are boring. Yes. You know, but but uh, the uh, the jerks are all exciting. Right. And and so what. And this, the, you can. You know, I know you can identify with this more with a, a, a guy being the jerk, and a guy being the the nice guy who is boring. But it works the other way too. Women can be the same way.
2: Sure.
0: Uh, the the principle is not being a jerk. It's being independent. The jerks really just don't care what you think. Right. And that's that's what's that's why the so attractive. attractive. <laughs> that's the attractive element right. there. So so if you can be a nice guy, and not but have the Devil may care, you know, or the uh, Clark Gable in uh, Gone with the Wind. Uh, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn what you think. You right. know, that sort of a, of a, an approach. Then, that's so much more attractive. So I, I, the, the love tactics principle is, be a nice person, but be aloof and independent enough that the other person has to look up to and respect you. And when they do, they are much more prone to fall in love with you. And given enough time in association with you under those circumstances, they will.
1: Good. Okay, let's move on to anger, because at some point, someone's going to do something that's going to piss you off. (laughs) And you said, uh, express anger verbally when the right moment arrives. And you said, the only thing you can ever really show anger over is any basic disrespect or regard for your feelings. So that's the only thing you can ever really get angry about?
0: Well, I don't know. I I was young when I wrote that. (laughs) I just... But but uh, I, basically, I, you know, I mean, uh, don't don't be getting throwing tantrums over petty stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And and uh, most stuff is petty. The, the, but you do want to make it clear that you're not going to tolerate uh, disrespect from the person. And if they are out and out, uh, you know, demeaning you in some way, or or uh, generally, the best way to handle something like that is mm-hmm. just to to cut the person off, you know, and I guess you're going to come to the drop them cold and stuff like yes, that. I'm t- guess. Trust me. <laughs> but, but, uh, but there comes a time when it's legitimate to just look at the person with uh, righteous indignation and say, Hey, you know what? You're out of line. Don't, don't, don't cross that line. You know, I'm nice, but I'm not a doormat and, and you don't do that. And you make it clear in your tone of voice that, you know, I'm not going to tolerate that. Now, most people who are, or in a relationship where they really like the other person, will never ever speak in that tone to a person, even if they're being abused. Mm. And and it's because they're afraid of the other person. They're intimidated by the other person. But if if you allow that intimidation to not stand up when you're being mistreated, the you other know, it will you know, the the abuse and the uh, um, the the amount that the person despises you will just, t- will just grow. Mm-hmm. There comes a point where you have to take a stand and say, you know what? I like you a lot, but I don't like you so much that I I have to take the, and you don't treatment. have to speak all these words. Right. You just make it evident in your tone of voice. Uh, <clears throat> I like you a lot, but I don't like you so much that you're going to be able to just walk all over me. So if you think that's the case, you know, have a nice day and uh, don't let the door hit you on your way out uh, sort of thing. And, the person, the person may be kind of aggravated at you, but but they will respect you, and and in hindsight, with a little time to think it over, they're going to like you a lot more because of it. Right. In fact, in fact, uh, this popped in my mind. Remember the movie. Um, my Fair Lady is that before your time? Or
1: <laughs> no, I kind of—I rem- don't really remember it. Sorry.
0: <laughs> well, uh, from an old story called Pygmalion, but uh, there was a, a girl that Professor Higgins took off the street, and he made her into a lady, and uh, and she was totally in love and, in love with the professor, and and uh, enthralled with him all along, and but to her to him he she was always just a flower girl, the sole flowers on the street. And uh and but he turned her into this marvelous lady that everybody else was in love with, but she was in love with him. But he still treated her like a flower girl. And uh anyway, one day uh she just she just had enough and uh she she told him off. And uh Professor Higgins just he, he had a smile on his face as she's telling him <laughs> off. And he says he says, Liza, you know, uh uh, before, before you were just a whimpering uh, little flower girl, he says. But now, he says, you're a tower of strength. I like you this way. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then she says... Goodbye, Professor. She walks out on him. You know, So, so, you know, a lot of times people, they they wait until they're actually ready to walk out of the door before they'll finally tell the person off. And that's when the other person goes crazy about it. You've heard, Lucia, I know you've heard many times in relationships how... Um, a guy mistreats a, a gal. well It works both ways, but let's just say sure. the guy mistreats the girl for years until she walks out on him, and then he's a, he's a, 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 you know he's whimpering on the floor and begging her to yes. come back, and he's helpless without her, and and she should have just been strong, you know, been strong about treating him that way before she ever left, because a lot of times she won't come back after that. But if if she'd just been strong all along, he would it would helped him straighten him up, and they could have had a better relationship, and she wouldn't have had to leave, and the relationship fail.
1: Right, which takes us to the shaking their confidence um, chapter. So you say, while people disrespect that which they have in the palm of their hand and are attracted to that which they can't get, they become absolutely frantic with desire over that which they already possess, but are in danger of losing.
0: Yeah, I, I tell you what, you Now, even though we're talking about finding a relationship, finding the one you want and getting married, the the best evidence you can find of that is in marriages where husbands uh, for years that you know take their their and I have many friends that have been in this situation they totally took their spouse for granted until one day she walked out on him and then uh, they they just they took her for granted because they had, they thought they had her in the palm of their hand and then when they lose her now now they'll do anything anything to win her back there was, um not not a married couple that there was another couple many many years ago 20 years ago that I was friends with both of them and uh day went along and she she wanted to get married. He was determined he was not going to get married and it's like well why don't you just break up with her? Well he's got nothing better going, so he's just gonna you know Waste her time continue. Yeah, i just continue on this relationship. But he I had no intentions of marrying her and so finally she broke I, I told her. Um let's see, probably I don't know, with seemed six months to a year before she finally broke up with him. I said, "If you want him, you just need to with break him. up. <laughs> yeah, break up with him." And uh, she 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 wouldn't do it. She just didn't have the strength of that oh. So finally, finally, she didn't get the strength. She just got um. What's the word? Sick of him. Yeah. <laughs> so she was. Um, so she she was really mad. Now she was really leading him. She wasn't she wasn't uh, breaking up with him for a tactic. She was breaking up with him because she was damn mad about it. Mm-hmm. And so as she uh, she left him, and this all I I heard about it. And uh, first week afterwards, I I saw him, and I said, so How are you feeling? And he says, Well. You know, I miss her, but, you know, I'm kind of relieved. I don't have the the pressure of her wanting to marry me, and I mean, her her wanting me to get married anymore, and say, oh, okay, all right. Two weeks later, I heard from a friend that he had gotten, he was now really depressed about it. Uh And the third week, (laughs) by the third week, he was climbing the walls. Now he was calling the girl, begging her to come back any terms. He'd marry her. He would do anything she asked. And so she made him wait, and it's a good thing she did, because I think if she'd come back too soon, he would, have, uh, he would have relented and right. thought he had her, and, right. and he, he wouldn't have followed through. But she made him wait probably a good six months before, he had to beg and crawl and grovel for six months. And uh, so finally, uh, when she came back, they got married. But, but that, that's, you know, uh, that which we have in the palm of our hand, we take for granted, but, you know, when it's removed... Then all of a sudden the, the passion comes into play, and that's what happened in their case. And and uh, they have uh, one child, beautiful child, uh, well, probably grown now, I haven't seen him for, for a few years. But uh, it, was, it was a great marriage at the time that I last saw them.
1: Yeah, because you mentioned the source of an addiction isn't you don't realize you're addicted to something or someone until it's removed. Yeah.
0: Yeah right. You know it's it's kind of like uh, when you get three square meals a day, you never realize that how dependent you are on food. Well, I do. That's one of my weaknesses. <laughs> but but you know
2: it,
0: you as soon as you start cutting off what you're used to having, then all of a sudden you become frantic for it. And so imagine putting yourself in a relationship where you're you are a true friend to somebody, and and they you know you show that you are uh, a blessing in their life in every way, and then. Uh, they take you for granted, but then one day you just, you're gone. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Well, then that's when they're going to really, really realize how much they needed and wanted you all along. And so then you have to lose something sometimes to appreciate what you had. Yeah. Let's see, see, What's that song? Uh, uh, Don't know
1: what you got till it's gone?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's (laughs) it. Okay, thank you.
1: Now, you say also to create competition, but don't you have to be careful how you do it? Because some people, if they see competition, they're like, that's it, I'm out of here.
0: Right. Okay, back to the hope plus doubt equals passion. So, um y- you know, uh y- you can you can uh, well, I mean, if you're in a committed relationship, then you can't really have competition. But mm-hmm. if the person is not committed to you, mm-hmm. you know, you should never be acting so committed to them that you're not dating other people. You should always be clear that, you know, hey, I have lots of friends. You're one of the friends. Uh, you're a very special friend. You're a good friend. But uh, I'm not available Friday night. No, I, I got plans, you know. And just a lot of times the imagination alone is more potent than actually knowing what the competition you might be providing would be uh, to the other person. So uh, my, my mother uh, – she when she was younger she had uh my mom was married three times but my my father was her her third marriage finally one stuck but when she was younger she uh, the, before she got married there was a, a guy who um, she and he were kind of an item and then they kind of went their own ways for a while and uh, she she came back in contact with him this is a small town in texas mm-hmm. and uh, they were having a, a dance in the town and uh so she just she just started uh, cuddling up to every guy at the dance that was there. It drove uh, this other guy crazy, and that's when they decided they were going to get married. He, he, he you know he took her and said, you know, hey, enough of this, I'm going to get married. Whereas before there was no in- inclination to do anything like that. Of course, that was still kind of a quickie. I'm not advising that. I still say you take your time. And for that reason, their mm-hmm. marriage didn't last. But the idea was that the the, the competition the competition created that that urgency in him to make a commitment.
1: Right, right. Okay, what about, now you said to avoid being critical. So does that mean you can never criticize or give advice?
0: Well, okay. Um, you know, I'm trying to raise my kids like this, too. There's, uh, okay, this is, back to the, found. let's go back to the foundation, because the foundation is really the most important aspect of... of. Um,
1: that's why it's the foundation.
0: <laughs> yes, that's right. And, and so basically we have five emotional needs as human beings, and when a per, uh, the person who meets those emo- emotional needs for us is the best of our friends. Okay. And uh, so if you want to become the best friend to another person, you want to meet those needs, and here they are. Uh, count them off on your hand, One, five of them. Attention, understanding, acceptance, appreciation, and affection. Um, attention is basically, you can't ignore somebody and ex- expect the relationship to develop. You do have to give some sort of attention. And, and I'll tell you that attention is probably the greatest uh, gift we have. You don't realize it, but, uh, I mean, especially with raising kids, the, the the most powerful thing I can give my kids is not a, a great Christmas this Christmas or anything. It's, Daddy, 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 look at this, look at this. Dad, Dad, look at this. Oh, no, no, look at this. Watch me do this. Watch me mm-hmm. do that. Just watching the person, just being there. Mm-hmm. Um, be, Just being there for a person, uh, talking to them, uh, uh, listening to them. Um, well, we'll come to that in just a second. Okay, but, but basically attending to that person,
2: um,
0: mm-hmm. you know, addressing them. Uh, speaking their name; those kind of things are giving them attention. Understanding, understanding comes from listening uh, to what a person has to say, and uh, um, showing in an empathetic way. Uh, we and we have on our on our website, lovetactics.com, and also in the in the book, we talk about the way to listen that's most effective in the world, and that's uh, reflective listening. Um, do you remember anything about that? Um, yeah, we don't reading? really have
1: time to go into that. So if you could move on to the
0: <laughs> to the next, we only okay. have like five minutes, so uh, I'm uh, trying to. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, acceptance. Acceptance means you don't um, reject a person by criticizing them. There, there are several ways you can criticize a person uh, without even realizing it, one of which is use of the word why. When you ask a person why, 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 why do you do? Why did you do that? What, you don't realize it, but you're 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 setting in motion destructive forces in your relationship because you're in a, in essence putting them onto the uh, uh, hot seat and uh, demanding that they justify whatever it is they've been doing in their life. Mm. And it's uncomfortable. If a person experiences that enough, they're not going to like it. They're going to avoid it, and they'll, they'll do whatever they have to do, break up with you, avoid you, or whatever to avoid that. They may not even know that that's what's happening. So... Um, when we criticize or give advice to a person, even if we say, this is constructive criticism, or I don't mean to, I don't mean to criticize you, but the second you say that, the person's stomach is just going to nod up, and mm. they're going to uh, be uh, not, not, not feeling good. You, the idea is you want the person to feel good. Again, you want to have them have uh, feelings that they're going to miss when you're not around, not feeling that you're going to go, boy, I feel so much better now that that person's not around and asking me to justify myself all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Uh, and then the other, uh, let's see, tension, understanding, acceptance, appreciation, you know, just be, most people don't know how to give a compliment or to recognize the good things that, that you know, um, you know, uh, you're positives, you know, I mean, Lucia, you're a very good listener here. You're, you're you. very patient, you're very kind, you're complimentary, but you know, how many people will go out of their way to point those things out to you. They, many people may see them, but they don't maybe say those things right. to you very often. And if they do say them, they, they make points with you. you. You like them more. You, you know, And those, those are things that build. And the last thing is affection. People, once you have broken the ice with somebody, uh, you, you need to be able to put your hand on their shoulder and touch them a little bit. I remember there was, uh, um, not in any sexual way, obviously, there's, I had a a supervisor. He was a he was a man, but uh when I was working social work one day, um, second year in my social work program, he uh, he came up to my desk and asked how things were and he just put his hand on my shoulder and it was just such a, a an affirming thing. I I I felt like my supervisor was my friend. Mm. He wasn't he wasn't uh, an enemy or a threat to me in any way.
1: Uh, okay, so then acceptance that's where you don't criticize or Right, right.
0: Avoid criticizing. Every time you criticize somebody, you 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 just took a step back in your relationship. So you know you can you can do it if it's if you've got enough steps forward. But most of the time, people don't. People are just taking constant steps backwards, and then they wonder what happened when their person, the the one they wanted, is gone out of their life, avoiding them.
1: Now, what if the person asks for your advice on something?
0: <laughs> ah. What they really want is to be understood and accepted. So you don't ever give advice, even when they ask you. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's a trap. I, you know, who among us has not fallen into it? We might think we, we might say, "I need your advice," but really, it's a tricky way. We I may not even be fully aware of it myself. But what I'm really asking for is, I need some some moral support. I need some, and, and I'll tell you, this was the best thing I ever happened with me. It was one time I had a dilemma I could not resolve. Uh, before I got married, and my father saw the dilemma on my face, and he said, you look troubled, and I didn't want to tell him what it was, and and I finally I broke down. I said, well, I want to do this, but I can't do this, and I want to do this, and they're two contrary things. There was no good answer. My father couldn't say, I advise you to do this, I advise you to do that. And so what he said was, just out of his nature, he said, so you are really torn, I see. And I said, yeah, I am. I'm like, torn into pieces. But you know what? That's what I needed. I needed somebody who would understand how I felt, not who was going to try and tell me what to do. If he would tried to tell me to do either of those alternatives, that would have felt awful, because neither, neither solution was something I could feel good about. And because of his moral support and just his empathetic understanding, without judging me or criticizing me, I, I then was able to go back and make a selection on my dilemma and decide what to do on my own. But, uh, and and when we are like that with the person you're trying to win in a love relationship, when they feel that kind of support from you, they are drawn to you in a great portion. They, they become very bonded to you.
1: Wow. And they
0: may not realize it yet, but it's going to be hard for them to ever leave you.
1: Right. <laughs> Until you try to leave them, then they freak out. <clears throat> right. Um, well, we've come to the end of the interview, unfortunately. I could have you on for five hours straight. Oh, boy, your heart. that has gone so fast. I know. Well, that's what happens when you're having fun. But, you know, um, Tom has written another book, More Love Tactics, because he realized there were more love tactics. So hopefully he'll come back in the new year and we'll discuss that. Love to do it. Yeah, because that's also about getting back the one that you've lost if you didn't treat them correctly. <laughs> So um, again, the book is Love Tactics: How to Win the Love, um, How to Win the One You Want. The website we have, we
0: have lots of free information Machia, on LoveTactics.com, right. and uh, we do paid consultations off the site. But there's more than enough stuff to keep you occupied for years just reading the articles
1: we have there. That's right. Okay. Well, tell LoveTactics.com. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's really been an honor for me to finally talk to you after all these years.
0: <laughs> Thank you. It's been an honor to talk to you.
1: Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. (sighs) Yeah, that went by too fast. I was hurrying him up because I have like so many questions and I wanted to get through all of them. So um, I hope that was really helpful for you. For me, this is, like I said, the best book possibly written on the topic. It's it's like you have to study it and carry it with you and think about it and just contemplate and meditate and all those other things that end in eight (laughs) um, about it before you can really understand it. Uh, it definitely deserves more than one reading. God knows how many times I've read it. All right, so it's time for me to go. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, my website is theartoflove.net. My book is at lessonsoflove.net, and that is Lucia's Lessons of Love. And finally, remember that love inspires, empowers, uplifts, and enlightens.
0: You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia. Lucia right here on L.A. Talk Radio.